You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. I want to navigate this carefully. I want to not joke about it and also find the comedic value in some of this to some degree. But all of y'all are terrible. Every single one of y'all. For making that joke on Twitter that inevitably (laughs) was going to be true. Everybody was making that joke on Twitter. Who had the positive COVID-19 test among all of the players for the Charlotte Hornets? It was indeed Malik Monk. And um, I'm just going to leave it there. Everybody said it. Everybody's laughing. I don't know if we should be laughing about it. But at the same time, there might be some comedic value. There is some comedic value to this, though. But, like, Walker, why? Like, this is Why does it have to be him? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. As members of the Malik Monk fan club and maybe as even the founding members, um, I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, Yeah. Um, it did happen though. We're part of the locked on podcast network. It's your team every day, local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network, subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter at locked on Hornets at Walker mail and at not of the scribe. So yes, it is official. I will confirm it. Um, not with my sources, but with what everybody's talking about on Twitter. I acted like I was a journalist reporting that. No, James Borrego <laughs> just said it in his media availability that Malik Monk, did test positive for COVID-19. Borrego shared that in his media availability session today. Monk does not have any symptoms, but he will miss more days of practice. Um, We don't know exactly the amount, the specific amount yet, but Malik Monk was the one Hornet. At least 10 10 days. The NBA protocol, thanks to Nick Carboni for releasing this uh, information, but he's going to be by himself. He's going to be isolated for 10 days. And then he will have to take a cardiac screening. And then on top of that, he again, after that 10 days, he will be forced to practice by himself for the next two days after that. Wow. So that puts him out of at least the first, if we're doing math right. And again, well, the math, thing is, we don't know when this 10 days kicks in, right? Or are you saying yeah. that it does kick in today? I'm not sure if it even kicks in today. I'm not sure it matters right. because even if, even if he tested, let's say they tested him on the first let's say he tested positive on the first and that was tuesday even if that's the case he's out for at least that first game that first preseason game for toronto if not both of the that two that home and home on the 12th and the 14th so he's missing at least the first two preseason preseason games if my math is right well so we don't and, and look we don't know when this kicked in you know I, I, Rick Bennell tweets out that he's gonna miss at least several more days I you know I don't want to spend a ton of time on trying to figure it out but right like your point not of the larger point you're making it this is a critical time for Malik monk who I mean this it's it's extremely unfortunate i don't know how we caught it like we can joke about it and stuff for sure but it's obviously something very serious we hope that malik monk is going to be okay and right now he's showing no symptoms which is fantastic and hope to be on the mend as well as he possibly can be and when we're talking about malik we have no clue how he got it or anything like that what we do know about malik monk is this is someone that was playing his best basketball of his career and then immediately the season ends for him because of a violation of the NBA's anti-drug policy. And then COVID hits us and Malik Monk doesn't return. 
And then he misses all of this time because of COVID and because of what happened last year. And now he's even getting a little bit later of a start. Now, I don't want to blow this completely out of proportion because I don't know if it means, okay, you're missing two weeks or, you know, you're talking about even today where it's day one, all these guys are practicing. I don't know if it's going to be a ton of time that Malik Monk misses practice. And if this is going to be completely devastating, I don't want to be dramatic. It is unfortunate for Malik Monk to have the season end the way it did last year and to have Malik Monk miss the beginning of all of this with a really crowded backcourt with all the guys that we've mentioned on previous podcasts. Uh, See, the thing is, I'm kind of with you where I don't want to blow it out of proportion. But at the same time, this is two weeks where Borrego's going to essentially have his guys, have Gordon Hayward there, have LaMelo Ball there, have the Martin twins there. And they had already started. There's already some sort of camaraderie being built. Now you're coming in late. And I don't want to, like I said, you don't want to blame the victim in this because, again, unfortunately for all, for, for what we know right now, Malik Monk is an, unfor- an unfortunate victim of catching COVID-19 right now. This puts him behind in a year that he can't be behind. He, can't af- he cannot literally afford to be behind. So when we were having these conversations about this, like, I feel bad for him. I honestly feel bad for him because... He's done and said all the right things since come since being reinstated. And this just puts him further back. And I don't know if you can necessarily dig yourself out of this much rubble at this point. That's what I'm afraid of for a guy like Malik Monk, because I do believe in him. And we know that the at least the president of basketball operations believes in him because we know that. Again, Mitch Kupchak calls him the most talented, one of the most talented guys on the roster. So I don't know if, like, I I believe in his talent. I want to see him, like, realize his talent here. I'm starting to really, really get to the point where I'm not sure that sure that happens here anymore. Yeah, but this, I mean, his te- his positive test isn't isn't the thing that sets it over the edge for me. I agree, it's not good for that specific player to be a little bit more behind at the beginning of the season. It's not insurmountable. I, I know you talked about it's a little bit harder for him to dig himself out of the rubble that he's in. I don't know if I'd even go that far. I will say if we were to say what player shouldn't, or it would be least or, or what, who would it affect the most? I mean, it might be Malik a little bit more, but also that's because even as soon as LaMelo ball is drafted, anybody in the backcourt that was drafted, that's when I start to worry about Malik. I mean, we had these conversations right away. Who is the odd man out in all of this? Malik was the guy that we would talk about as soon as LaMelo was drafted. And then you get another secondary ball handler where Malik, um, you know, that's something that he was very good at, you know, facilitating driving towards the hoop. So it'll be fascinating, honestly, to see what Malik Monk's role is. And it's really going to be tested. Mitch Kupchak's comments all off season long before you had LaMelo ball, before you had Gordon Hayward and the second round picks who aren't going to come into play when it comes to that talented conversation as far as over Malik. But we're really going to see how much Mitch Kupchak's comments come into play. And as well as James Borrego, I guess how much he would agree with the Mitch Kupchak. Because Mitch is out here saying Malik is one of, if not the most talented player on the roster, and then you get LaMelo Ball, then you get Gordon Hayward, and it's James Borrego who is coaching him, and it's not Mitch Kupchak who's coaching him. So 
I just it'll be interesting to see if that is something that Borrego shares and if that's changed as much because Ball and Hayward are on the floor. Um, you know, if, if if those things from Cupcheck actually ring true enough for Malik Monk to still get playing time, so yeah, yeah, we'll see how it's, it goes. it's a weird situation right now. Again, I just wish, like I said, I hope this isn't like the final epitaph to Malik Monk as a Charlotte Hornet. That's right, my uh, main concern. We have more comments to get to. James Borrego said some other things about the Charlotte Hornets. Day one of all of these guys practicing today. Borrego talked about it. We'll get to some of the comments from Miles Bridges yesterday. Also, Cody Martin speaking. As we're recording, LaMelo Ball, I think, should be speaking at some point. But this is the time that we're recording. And we're trying to wait. Um, for all the media availability, things got pushed back. So if it's weird that we're talking about some of these guys and not LaMelo Ball, who is supposed to be speaking today, um, it's just because we're kind of up against the time that we do need to record. So um, apologize for not having LaMelo, but of course, we'll give you our thoughts on LaMelo's comments come Monday. I do want to talk to you guys about Built Go before we take a quick break. Built Go is uh, a physical workout gel. And whether it's a mental or physical wall that you're having to go through, you can get through it with Built Go in easy to take one and a half ounce packages. Not only do they come in easy to take packages, but they come in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. Build Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. It's loaded with good stuff to ignite your work. And the collagen promotes, uh, the collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health so not only do you feel better, but the stuff actually makes you literally look better too. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. James Borrego comments coming up after the break. This is Locked on Hornets. They're running their rookies to Greensboro. They're driving them to Greensboro and then driving them back the same day to play in an NBA game. I cannot (laughs) wait until the Hornets load manage. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Coming up next week on the Locked on Hornets podcast, we'll try to get to the NBA schedule that is supposed to be released again around this time. But things have been pushed back and we're trying to get this recorded. So uh, we're not going to be able to give you our thoughts on the NBA schedule today. We will be doing that on Monday. PJ Washington, he's been excited about the season. He's been frequently tweeting out December 22nd and that's it. It's all he's been tweeting. Press send. And so we'll see if the Charlotte Hornets actually play on the opening day for the NBA and some of the other teams, or maybe if they play the next day, who knows, but we will be talking about the Charlotte Hornets schedule and some of the other comments made from the Charlotte Hornets players that have talked to media. James Brago said a lot. So let's get to it. Nada. Um, Mm -hmm. One thing that James Brago said about your concerns the lack of defensive rebounding and just the lack of size of PJ Washington is going to play the five. He said, quote, grab that thing and go. He was talking about committing to rebounds, especially to lead the transition style that they would like to play. Now, according to John Hollinger and the ESPN stats under Hollinger, Hornets were dead last in pace last season, which we knew that they were slow despite Borrego talking how he wants to play with pace. And I think you hear that a lot from all NBA coaches. They say they want to play really fast. They come out and uh, they say they want to come out and do it. And then eventually they trickle down to the mean in a lot of different cases. And eventually it's not really all that fast of a pace as they were wanting to play at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. I will say it's going to be hard to play um, extremely slow. If you've got LaMelo ball, Devonte Graham, Terry Rozier, Martin, Malik Monk, Gordon Hayward, 
all those guys. I mean, it's, it's just going to be a smaller lineup. And so I would have to imagine they are going to be faster this season. And you literally can't finish worse than last place. So um, James Borrego wants to implement that style. And I think it would be a lot of fun. And it certainly, it it certainly seems like it would fit their personnel. It does. It absolutely does fit their personnel, especially like you're saying, we're going to, if they're going to play smaller, then you better turn the pace up and make this, make this something to make it a weapon, have something done with it because, but the only concern that I have is you're only going to go so fast if you can't defend and you can't rebound. You can only go so fast if you're taking the ball out of your own basket and inbounding it. Like that's my concern is that the pieces that they do have right now, they're not good enough defensively. They're going to be, or it'll be one of those things. They'll force a defensive miss. They'll force a, they'll force a, again, a miss and they won't rebound. There's a lot of this that in theory sounds really great in preseason to talk about. I want to see what, actually happens with this i really do because if this works out well and this turns up the pace then this is not necessarily just a mitch uh uh, james rego thing but mitch has also said that he wanted to see the pace turned up so again maybe this is this is part of the plan maybe this has been a long-term plan that i didn't see and maybe i'm missing something here it's very possible Going back to Malik Monk real quickly, you know, it is funny just because he's on the mind right now. I do think going smaller would really exploit not having Malik Monk on the court if you're not able to use his finishing at the rim talent that we saw last year. Like if you go smaller, then I think that skill becomes that much more valuable because we know Devontae Graham was not good at finishing at the rim. We know that LaMelo Ball and his stats um, coming overseas, they're not good at finishing at the rim. And, you know, even Devontae's floater, I remember Tom Haberstroh talking about Devontae's floater wasn't good. LaMelo does have a good floater, and that's something he'll use in his repertoire. So, you know, he can maybe skate by a little bit more. But Devontae has struggled there. You know, LaMelo only has the floater in the, you know, and close to the rim. Um, Gordon will certainly help. But again, you're talking about PJ and these guys, you know, just being smaller. Like, I wonder if Malik finishing at the rim in the backcourt being really, really good at it. I wonder if that becomes that much more valuable, just something I'm kind of tossing out as we continue to play. I can, I can see what you're talking about to being Mm -hmm. more valuable because you're talking about a guy that for all the issues with his shooting can get to the bucket at will and can dish and has excellent vision and helps move the ball and is another facilitator. So you're talking about if the ball doesn't stick, and especially if you're small, the ball's not sticking and you got guys that can get to the rim at any time they want, then you're that much more dangerous on offense. You may end up scoring 150 points. The key, and this is where, again, this is, this is the rub. Can they defend? That's my only question. Can they defend? And, the, the thing is, though, I know Borrego well. Again, we've seen Borrego well enough to know that at this point, if you can't at least attempt to defend, you won't play. Well, and James Borrego had some more comments here. He said, we can't let the ball get to the paint as much this season, especially if we're small. So they allow teams to get into the and score. They're going to have to play better perimeter defense in order to not allow the lanes for the ball handlers and cutters to get to the paint and then score there. So we'll see if that defense can actually um, help out with the fact that they are going to be small. Now, one of the guys that we're most excited to see 
is LaMelo Ball, of course. I mean, the hype around him is incredible. You know, we've all referenced the Instagram stat, having more followers than the actual Charlotte Hornets and the team that drafted him. And, uh, you know, James Borrego has some high praise for LaMelo. I don't know if I would have expected anything different, but James Borrego has spoke glowingly about LaMelo. He said, I love the fact he's been a pro and has been around NBA basketball. He's a sponge right now. He wants to learn and to get better. Um, he had uh, another comment. I believe he just uh, said, oh, he's uh, yeah, he said, I, I love the fact that he's he's been a pro and also how he's going to pick up um, the system very quickly. So good things there. Speaking about LaMelo Ball's intelligence on the game, the basketball IQ, if you will, which I think is something we all kind of knew LaMelo is, is good at. He understands the game. The decision-making has to show more of it on the court. The shot selection certainly has to show more of his basketball IQ on the court, but it's somebody that certainly has the capacity with his vision, understanding how to play the game. That is something that should excite you about the third overall pick. It absolutely should. I, I'm very excited about him. I'm not worried about his shot selection as some others are. I think a lot of that was because he was 17 and bored, 17, 18 and bored in Australia. And he was just trying to figure stuff out. I think now that he's in one of those, now that he's in the NBA, which was the always the goal, I do think you're going to start seeing him straighten up and fly right. I think you're also going to see him take to the coaching. The sponge part, I that was the one thing that I noticed. And then on top of that, and this is the thing that maybe excites me more than anything else, the he's going to pick up our system very quickly. That's interesting to me, because if you have a rookie that can come in, understand what you're trying to do from day one, day two, day three, and then not even really fully have a mastery, but be functional enough to be dangerous. Yo, that's something to be excited about in terms of a rookie. I'm not yeah. saying I'm not saying this is going to be a playoff team. LaMelo is going to be an MVP candidate. I'm not going that far, but all rookie first team, a guy like that, that's kind of, again, we haven't seen that this year. Now, granted, PJ was close. Yeah, he, should all, have been. he should have been all for uh, all rookie first. Team. Fair enough. Fair enough. He should have been. But having that kind of guy that's going to garner eyeballs and attention to this Charlotte Hornets team, despite the fact that they may only win 30, 31 games. Yo, that's kind of exciting. I don't care who you are. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I, it's going to be extremely exciting. And it's the second year in a row where you think the Hornets drafted a smart basketball player. I always reference James Borrego saying that he wants whatever this rookie was going to be the first round pick. He was hoping he would be exactly like P.J. Washington was. I mean, remember how quickly P.J. showcased his talent. Um, not performing in summer league because he still had that injury, but then in preseason, it was like, oh my God, this guy needs to be playing right here, right now. As soon as we start the season, PJ needs to be out there on the floor, which you could have said just because you want to get him some minutes, but also because he was already among the better players on that team, certainly showcased it with the what seven threes that he hit against the Chicago bulls on opening night. Still such a fun night to see them get that win. Um, and start 1-0 last year, but in large part because of P.J. Looks like you are getting some of the same things that Borrego was saying about P.J. He's saying the same things about LaMelo. And lastly, before we go to the final segment, you were saying that you don't expect them to make the playoffs. Well, that's not the way Devontae Graham is talking. That's not the way Miles Bridges was talking yesterday. And I don't know if that's necessarily the way that James Borrego is talking today. Now, Borrego wouldn't touch the playoff discussion earlier this week, but today Borrego did say this. He said that expectations were already raised for this team 
joined the roster. He said, quote, the bar has to be much higher. It has to be a much higher bar for us. We have to move up expectations. We know Devontae Graham was talking about the team goal being to be a, uh, was being a playoff team. And how about Miles Bridges yesterday? Not a being pretty damn blunt, just talking about how this has been a bad organization for a while now. I mean, Miles was out there saying that, that's <laughs> Miles' words. He said, let's be honest. This has been a bad organization for a while, and we're all tired of that. He referenced James Abrego and how he's tired of that too. He comes from a winning program, was Miles' words, coming from the San Antonio Spurs franchise, and he's tired of that. They all want to take a step up. So this is a team that you could you could see why the coach, you could see the players certainly wanting to make the playoffs, and it seems like all of these guys are tired of not making the playoffs the last couple of seasons. Yeah, no, you know what? Honestly, I get it. I get it. And this is this is how you build a culture, though, quite honestly. Like, this is how you build a culture. You get guys that want to get better. You get guys of a similar mind state that want to get better, that want to learn, that want to do all this, all, all the gritty work. And this is how you build a culture. And this is, and quite honestly, this is how you turn around a culture in two years. Like, this is the impressive part about everything that's being done is that, you have a lot of guys that want to compete, get out there, make the playoffs, despite the fact that it may not be the smart thing. It may not be this. It may not be that. But at, And this is something that just came to me right now. I kind of appreciate ownership and management somewhat being in a place where they feel like they need to support the players or else they're going to lose them. It's kind of cool when you think about it in the long term. It may not be like the fit financially. It may not be the franchise thing that everybody, a small market thing that everybody wants them to do. But the fact that these players feel like they can go for it right now, that they're good enough right now. That's kind of cool. And that's not something we've absolutely, it's not something that we've had here before. Like Kemba was the vocal one. Like, yeah, we can win right now, but he was the only one. You never heard this to a man until right about now. Um, so Lamelo is speaking right now. And it seems like he's almost done. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll go ahead and give you LaMelo Ball's comments in the last segment. And then uh, we'll think of something else on Monday. We'll just, we're just going to have to go to the content. Well, I don't know where that is. Not a, but we can figure it out over the weekend. There's a schedule. uh, Yeah, that right. There you go. Perfect. We'll talk about the schedule on Monday, but we will go ahead and talk about some of LaMelo Ball's comments to media coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I'm, I'm a little. I listen. Hold on. I, now, see, uh, I, we couldn't just blow by that one. Well, you had because this is what frustrates me. You know, I'm uh-huh. under the weather. You know, I'm not at 100 percent right now, and you're you're just taking it to me. You're like one of these people that knew Nick Batum had a hand injury, and they were just slapping his hand because it's like we're gonna get, we're gonna knock this guy's hand because we know he's injured, and that's what you're doing to me right now. But I just want to say, Sam, if you're listening, you're more than a numbers guy. You have heart. You have soul. You have agency. You are a person. Love you, Sam. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. It really is amazing. I mean, we we really did pick the worst chord of this thing, but it's really <laughs> we what we have to do. Like, if we could have just waited a little bit longer, we could have been prepared on some of the stuff coming in. But, of course, our busy lives, uh, you, Nada, always having to try to fit the podcast in at different times. And so this was it. And yet, because we're doing it this time, we're having to look at Twitter constantly to see when these guys are going to speak to media and And check our email a little bit, Um, check our emails. And we do know the season opener for the Charlotte Hornets. I don't want to talk about the entire schedule because it's the third segment and it just broke. 
but we will update you guys on the season opener. Um, but not, in, uh, but not before I talk to you guys about the NBA season preview, a part of the lockdown podcast network. The wait is almost over. The 2020-2021 NBA season is almost here, and the Locked On NBA podcast will get you ready with a special week of shows beginning December 14th. Get previews of every team, division by division, from all 30 of our Locked On local experts, including us, plus waiver wire editions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball, rookies to watch from Chad Ford, and predictions on each division from Rejecting the Screen. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcast. Me and the network's putting out a lot of really, really cool stuff right before the season. You're going to hear us on that Locked On NBA preview, give you about a five, six-minute hit. And I imagine Chad Ford and one of his rookies to watch might just be playing here in Charlotte. And that's the guy that we'll be talking about now, LaMelo Ball. He's speaking mm-hmm. with media and you know, just a couple of things to mention here. Nothing, I think, too groundbreaking. He said that there were good vibes out there with the team at practice today. Thanks to Nick Carboni again for some of these tweets that we're reading from the media availability. He also said on work ethic, he said, quote, at a very young age, my pops put it in my head that if you want to be the best, you've got to work. And uh, some uh, LeVar Ball love from LaMelo. And how about that, Nada? Did you see this week that LiAngelo actually signed a contract with the Detroit Yes, I did. That was awesome. All Ball brothers are in the NBA currently. And I thought there was no way in hell that LiAngelo was going to get a contract. And it seemed like a lot of people were surprised. I think most <laughs> most people that <laughs> kind of know about his game are really surprised. And then it would only lead to more jokes regarding the Detroit Pistons. But still, pretty cool family moment to have all three guys playing in the NBA. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. And to for me, I think, like, there again, I'm not going to say LeVar Ball wasn't that bad because there are things that he did that was absolutely unconscionable. The man is a misogynist, full stop. But at the same time, the man had a vision. The man completed the vision. He's closer to, like, when we say, like, Richard Williams and, uh, again, Venus and Serena's father, he's closer to that kind of model, again, where he's not the easiest to digest, but at the same time, still pretty cool that he got all three of his sons in the NBA at the same time. And if they all stick this year, that's pretty, uh, no matter how you look at it, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's cool that all those brothers got to do that. And, you know, um, if they give LeVar Ball credit, then that's awesome. Also, they deserve all the credit in the world for getting here too, putting all the work in. Um, and so, yeah, LeVar, LeVar, man, I mean, you mentioned it. He's absolutely a misogynist. There's things that shouldn't be repeated nor embraced as to how ESPN was embracing him for so long. And then you have the business side of things where Lonzo and LeVar certainly weren't on the same page for some, some, you know, some things surrounding the big baller brand, whatever. Very cool to see the ball brothers all in the NBA. Let's move on. LaMelo did have some comments on Gordon Hayward joining the Hornets said, great guy, great fit. The way he acts is just amazing. Good thing to butter up the veteran for sure. And uh, he also says, I love the guys love being here. I love playing basketball. Basically LaMelo ball. He is a living embodiment of the emojis that he puts out there on Twitter. And by the way, I'm mad at Hornets Twitter, not a, and I didn't tell you this, but I'm mad and I'm going to tell you why. Why are you mad at Hornets Twitter? There's a lot of Hornets accounts that are really good follows and your content is still good. But what upsets me is the fact that there have been plenty of Hornets accounts 
that put the emojis that LaMelo Ball so frequently uses as a part of their profile name. And so now every time somebody tweets something out, I think it's LaMelo Ball tweeting something out. <laughs> and so now all these, so it's like, wait, he said that? And then I'm looking at it and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that's not his profile picture. It catches me like for one or two seconds every single time when I'm scrolling. Oh, LaMelo said something. Let's check it out. Oh, nope. Okay, fair enough. Let's move on. That that's that's tripped me up at least a couple of different times. The dancing, the dancing emoji, the two hearts emoji. What's the other? Does he use any other ones? Or those the two? I those, like those are the two? I, I really don't follow him. I just wait for everybody else to like go go off and go go do that. But I don't really follow him. But here's the thing: if they, I, and may, maybe it's because I'm weird and I don't like my, I really don't like my timeline clogged like that. So what I'm gonna, I would end up doing if I saw someone like that. I just report them for spam. Like, that's, that's what I'm gonna <laughs> well, do. it's not their fault. I mean, I think it's just they're just excited for the third overall pick. Yet I just fall for it every time. He also has the finger crossed emoji. That's what he likes mm-hmm. to use. And every once in a while, he'll use the spaceship emojis. He absolutely communicates in hieroglyphics in the modern age. So there you go. Those are some of the comments from Lamelo Ball, James Brego. Oh, and <laughs> what a hell of a tease! I didn't even mention this, but um. The season opener. We do know the yeah, season opener for the Charlotte again, Hornets. And it changed from what we talked about off wax. Their first game is going to be December 23rd in Cleveland against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Their home opener, obviously without fans, against OKC. Are you feeling what I'm feeling, No Walker? I'm Are you feeling like, 2-0? Is that what you're I'm feeling? I'm feeling 2-0 right now. <laughs> I'm feeling a great start. Two very winnable games. Hopefully, the chemistry can come together very soon for the Charlotte Hornets, and we can get a 2-0 start. It's hilarious. Here we are talking about bringing Gordon Hayward. It's bad because it helps you win games. And then, as it always is, we'll get to the actual season and its start, and we will hope for the wind because we're basketball fans and we want to cheer for our team. And that's when the truest sense of the fandom absolutely kicks in that wraps up this edition of lockdown hornets thanks again to everyone for supporting the show we'll be back monday if there's any more media availability we'll talk about some of those comments we'll also break the schedule we'll also take a look a little bit more about the second round picks so a lot still to come on the lockdown hornets podcast to get you ready for some preseason games and the nba season start on uh, december 22nd and for the hornets december 23rd against the cleveland cavaliers on the road now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of lockdown nba hollinger and duncan really any show on the lockdown podcast network have a great weekend we'll be back with you monday